This is a show where my dad and I talk about work and how to enjoy it, and we also provide a weekly housing market update and provide a quick answer to common mortgage questions. Please enjoy the Dirty Troughs podcast from Cleveland Street Mortgage. All right, welcome back to the Dirty Troughs podcast. My name is Landon Buto uh, with Cleveland Street Mortgage. This is my dad, Chris, and we have Brett Baker here with us. Uh, we're going to get into what Brett's going to talk about a little bit later. We are going to start this week with our housing market update. Um, Dad, what do you have for us in the housing market this week? The housing market right now is, you know, on the mortgage side, rates have have pretty much held on to the improvements that we saw a couple of weeks ago when the inflation numbers came in um, better than expected. We're still kind of looking at the low sixes. And, uh, you know, from the housing market standpoint, there are, there are houses out there to buy and they're sitting longer. There are sellers willing to negotiate. You know, there's a lot of, I, you know, I saw, you know, somebody was posting the other day kind of the pros and cons of buying now in this market, you know, and, and you know, on the con side, of course, we have interest rates, you know, interest mm-hmm. rates are very high, but on the pro side, you have so many more opportunities now, especially if you're a first-time home buyer, to, um, you know, to negotiate with the seller, to buy a house that's been on the market for a while, to not have to buy a site on the scene, to get an inspection contingency, to get sellers to fix things, um, to get sellers to pay for your closing costs, to buy the rate down. Um, so there's a lot of good reasons to you know to at least be in the market looking right now. Sure, great. Uh, I'll keep the mortgage question very very simple this week. Uh, true or false? You can buy a house for less than twenty with less than twenty percent down. True. Okay. What 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 generally are the minimums? Um, generally, if let's let, let's exclude for the moment, you know, VA. If you're if you're a veteran who've earned the right to participate in the VA program, then you're zero percent down. There are a few other, you know, zero uh, percent down programs that aren't super strong. VA is the best one. You know, if you're if you're a veteran, that's great. Um, but short of that, then typically conventional is three percent down for first-time home buyers. And if you're in a high balance market, you know, where you're, you know, you have to you know, borrow more than the conforming loan limit, which is going to be about $700,000 here pretty soon, then you probably have to put 5% down. Great. Great. Well, thank you. Um, Brett, we'll go ahead and get going on your story a little bit. We have Brett on here this week, uh, largely because he's seen a lot of, he's seen a lot of businesses. He's uh, seen what what leads to success in, in and growth in some businesses and what can lead to challenges in small businesses and and large businesses as well um, but I want to first get to a little bit of your background first um, how did you get started you know what, what what led you to where you are right now in your career yeah so I was I intended to be a banker for life I was in commercial banking um, doing commercial lending, managing a branch, and um, then left the bank and joined a CPA firm doing some business consulting. And then uh, later the CPA firm got sold and then partner and I bought a uh, transportation business that uh, we had admired for a long time that came available for sale and we sold the CPA firm and bought, bought uh, this transportation business. So um, my background is like Chris is a CPA and his background is in putting financial statements together and my background is in taking them apart. Yeah. Trying to find out what's going on behind the scenes and, and based on what we find, what do we do differently tomorrow? Right. So. Right. Love it. So a, a little bit more detail, you, you in terms of like looking at the financial statements, um, how, 
how much detail, what, what were you actually looking for, what kinds of things were you looking for on those? Yeah, so a lot of times, so in commercial lending, we would require um, our, our lending customers to provide us with CPA-prepared financial statements, right. and that's a, a common requirement. But uh, anytime I'd have a question or something like that, and if I asked the business owner, they'd like, no, 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 don't talk to me, talk to my accountant. Yeah. And um, those financial statements actually would be really, really helpful for the business owners, not, not, not to make you into an accountant, but um, there are some key numbers that you could be looking at when you see those financial statements that could actually help you mm. in the running of the business. And they're not all the same for every business. Yeah. Um, so... Um, I think meeting with somebody to figure out, okay, what are the important, say, what are the powerful numbers for me to know about my company that I need to look at? And when, they're, when, when I see a number and it's in this range, what do I do? And when it's in this range, what do I do? Right. So um, just some fa fairly basic analysis would be really helpful. And like I say, it's not the same. It's not the same set right. of numbers for every business. Yeah, so what, what kinds of businesses did you look at? Any, any and all? Or? Any and all. Okay. Whether it was a service business, a retail business, a manufacturer, or... And what you know, sizes? Uh, typically, these, these are companies that are, are big enough to have CFO kind of issues, mm -hmm. but not big enough to have a CFO. Hmm. So questions would come up like... Um, why is my turnover so high? Or should we buy this building or continue to lease it? Or should we buy this piece of machinery or should we lease it? Um, and one of the biggest things that we always talked about was growth. Mm. Because the, to oversimplify it, the, a, a very common scenario is you get somebody who's in the business world, let's say they're in sales, and they are very successful at it. And they decide that, hey, you know what, I don't need to be lining somebody else's pocket, I'm going to go out on my own. Right. And, Sounds familiar. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so they start their business, and they are really good at sales. Um, but they're not necessarily good at managing people right. or managing money. Right. Doesn't sound familiar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, a lot of times, uh, so then it, with that mindset of a background in sales, knowing how to represent a product, knowing how how to bring it to a market, knowing what your customers want, how to present it and price it so that it's uh, competitive, those are all wonderful things if you're a salesperson. Hmm. But if you're going to manage salespeople, you've got more, more things you need to look at. Yeah. You need to know, bottom line, you need to accomplish your sales goals through these people. Right. So your focus is on them. On them. Taking, the taking obstacles out of their way, knowing how are they motivated, what are their struggles, what training don't they have. And if they are successful, then you are. Mm. So just because you're successful in sales doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be successful in managing salespeople. Right. And then in managing money, um, a common temptation is to think that more sales is better. Makes sense to me. It seems like it would be better. You would think. <laughs> and um, it, it may well be, but uh, it costs money. It takes working capital to grow. Hmm. You know, so if you're, if you're a retailer hmm. and you're going to expand your, your space. Selling shoes. Or... Uh, selling shoes and, and the space next door becomes available, so you're going to expand your lease and take over that space and we're going to double in size. Yeah. Well, so now what's going to happen is your working capital is going to sit in, sit in inventory. 
Um, thankfully, in that case, it's a it's a over-the-counter sales transaction. But if you're selling something to customers where you have accounts receivable, mm -hmm. your working capital is going to get consumed by inventory and, and accounts receivable, and it'll be easy for you to grow yourself into not having any working capital. Right. Grow yourself into bankruptcy, mm -hmm. and that is a very common um, a, a common symptom of. Businesses even that have been around here, Boston Market. Remember Ballard Computer? Yeah. Yeah, they had one store in Ballard, and they opened up 11 more. Boston Market opened up thousands across restaurants across the country. Mm. They expanded like wildfire, and there's none around. Yeah. Um, and so, so just just looking at the revenue number on your on your income statement, this is what my sales are, isn't really the key number to look at. Um, and there are ways to calculate, all right, given where my company is, how fast can I grow? Hmm. Yeah, yeah, so I, I get a sense from what you're talking about, I get a sense of, you know, be wary of growing quickly, be mindful, don't, don't just think about the revenue. So are there any specifics that were recurring problems that you noticed? Um, companies that you looked at, yeah, I, I think this is the thing you forgot to think about, or this is the thing you should have been doing that you didn't do specifically. Yeah, well, in my in my experience, um, it's taking using those financial statements to help you make that decision. So, just as an example, I had a manufacturing customer um, that uh, was having their annual board meeting, and I happened to know that they had a policy of not going into debt, and they called and said that they had just as a board, agreed that they were going to pursue a 17% growth rate for the following year and wondered what I thought about that. And so I just said, uh, why don't you send me a current set of financials? And so what I calculated was the sustainable growth rate. And their actual sustainable growth rate was closer to 8%. Hmm. So if they're going to grow, if they, if they want to accomplish that goal and the company only has the wherewithal with the working capital on hand, to grow at 8%, then they're going to need to infuse working capital. And they're not going to go get debt. So that meant that everybody sitting at that board meeting was going to have to pony up more money. Mm. And so I asked them if they were all prepared to do that. You know, and, and so the, the, the goal didn't jive with the financial reality. Right. You know, and so um, I've... I think it's great to pursue growing at 17%. That's, that's fine. But what's it going to take for us to get there? And, and a lot of times it's going to be working capital. Is yeah. that primarily a problem with capital-intensive businesses? It, I think it's even worse for a really, you know, like if you're a, if you're a manufacturer and you've got to buy another machine, another right. milling machine or another right. shear or whatever, um, then, then not only do you have to you know, take your working capital and turn it into a machine, you're taking a liquid asset and turning it into a fixed asset uh, or depreciable asset. But um, so, yeah, you're, you're going to have to infuse even more money just to acquire the hardware to, to accomplish those goals. And then you also want to look at your return on your assets. Now I bought all this machinery. What's it providing for me? Um, I remember uh, we had a, a customer, a manufacturer, small company. Um, and they did um, 1.2 million in revenue and 250,000 in net income. And then he grew to three and a half million and 30,000 in net income. Hmm. 
Okay, so he tripled his revenue, and he had a far less valuable company on yeah. his hands. He employed a lot of people, right? But the company wasn't nearly as valuable as it was when it was back at one point two mm. million. And so, that that push, that drive to grow, right. didn't bring about a commensurate increase in value in the company. Right. Yeah, is the only solution to that to shrink? Shrink your Growth projections shrink your, shrink your or growth, okay. yeah, to, to dial everything back, or yeah, what are the ways to solve that problem? Yeah, I think the first thing is would be really to to know what your sustainable growth is, and um, having somebody calculate that for you, um, which is going to tell you how fast you can grow with working capital provided by profits. So you, it looks at the current profitability and then it, causes, it has it expand. And it's going to help you figure out, it's like giving blood too often. Hmm. Um, you're, you're going to hurt yourself if you give blood too frequently. So um, if you're, if you're going to keep growing, you are going to grow yourself to where now I can't make payroll, I can't pay for my, I can't pay for my uh, uh, raw materials for, or, 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 um, or, your, or your inventory. And... Um, being able to know if I have the current financial reality to grow is going to be uh, super helpful. Um, with the sustainable growth rate, you can also calculate how, how fast could I grow with um, working capital provided by debt or with equity, and how much equity would it take to hit that number. Um, and the an interesting thing about sustainable growth rate is if your actual growth rate is less than your sustainable growth rate, it means that you have working capital sitting idle. Hmm. That it's not, it's not doing as much for you as it could be. If your sustainable growth, growth is higher than, is, is, uh, is, uh, if your actual growth rate is higher than your sustainable growth right. rate, then you are going to outstrip the company. So you want to be pretty much right on that. Yeah, so I think just having that number every now and then calculated for you lets you know. Um, and what you're thinking is, it, perhaps there's a market that you want to go after that you haven't really tried to penetrate. And, um, or there's a new product you want to put on the shelf, or there's a new service you want to provide, um, and you're going to have to add to staff. And um, uh, just knowing what the, how much capital is it going to take to do that. And that's going to vary whether you're in a service business or a retail business or a manufacturer. That's going to vary, and you're going to have to have enough capital to acquire the assets, which is going to be far less for a service business. It might be just a desk and a computer and, and then um, software, meaning the people. Um, get the hardware and software and right. you're going to hire the staff. And then you're also going to have training of them. But um, if, if um, what you don't want to do is you don't want to grow so fast that you outstrip your ability to support it. And that, that happens so many times is where somebody wants to, to grow, grow, grow. And it would be better for you to take the business you have and work out the kinks. Mm -hmm. Turn it into a place that um, the employees love to work there. You understand how they're, they're compensated. You understand how they're motivated. Um, you understand what capital you'll need. You've been through tough times and, and, pro and, and, and uh, um, prosperous times. And then you have a model that's nice and clean for you to duplicate in the next one. If you're going to expand, if you're, for instance, if you're a retailer and you're going to open up another store, um, the more you can make the existing business run like a finely tuned um, machine, um, 
the better chances are of this next one, um, the next business you open, or the next store you open, or another office that you open that's gonna that it's gonna be successful. So as you're in that phase of of you know finally tuning what you have right now, instead of having a mindset of, of growth, I, I mean, so so for us, let's say for for mortgage, um, we g growth in a sense would be bringing on more loan officers you know, adding, adding more software, adding add things that will, will multiply our business so that we can then bring in more revenue. But at the same time, I could see growth happening in that phase that you're talking about of fine-tuning what we have right now with the loan officers that we have right now, with the products and services that we have right now. We still want to grow. You're not saying don't, don't grow the, the, the revenue that what, what's coming in with what you have, you're just saying, don't invest too much, take on too much debt, kind of thing. Ahead or, of or time just or um, if you if you set your mind to growing, and you're going to add more staff, and you're yeah. going to add more space, you're going to add more software licenses. And in that scenario, the 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 working capital needed is going to be far less for a service business. If you just need to get a software license and, and a, a, some office furniture, or if you're going to work from home, um, then uh, really you're um, what you're likely to outstrip is your ability to manage more people. Hmm. How good are you at managing this group of people? What's your reporting systems like? What's your what's your check-in with the staff like? What's um, do you know what motivates each of these people? Um, and some people are all going to get motivated differently. Um, do you know what their training situation is, or what they're uh, where they're lacking in some of their expertise? Um, there, you've got to be investing in the people um, and. Are, do you have the bandwidth you to do that? You can't bring on more people than you bring on you more people, and you can't duplicate yourself, or um, you don't really. You're going to wind up with a, a bunch of people that are uh, maybe not as fully trained as they need to be, and you don't have enough time to keep training everybody. Mm -hmm. So that can be that can be a constraint that'll prevent some of your growth or cause headaches for you. Right. Have you actually, like, like, and I think maybe some of the difficulty in translating what we do into kind of that conversation about sustainable growth rates is, is because, I mean, if you were actually to calculate sustainable growth rate for, you know, my business, zero receivables, you know, 100% commissions, yeah. you know, very limited overhead, you know, so that sustainable growth rate is extremely high, right? And so you, you, do reach, you do reach that point, and particularly when you get to the people management aspects. Is that... Is there a difference there in your business personally as a loan officer versus Cleveland Street growing as a company? If we wanted to bring on more staff, does it translate? Yeah, a no. Bit well, I, th I think the the, the 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 point I guess I'm making is that, and it is from the perspective of Cleveland Street Mortgage, is that you know if you have a capital intensive business with receivables, and so and you inventory. And, and inventory then you have to you have to spend to sell you know you have to spend to sell and then then you sell and then it takes 120 days to get right. get that right, back right, right. you know get the margin on what you sold and yeah. and you know the cost of goods back then you know as you're growing your your working capital is going down and that, so that concept you know is much different than in our business and so i think in our business we're nowhere near kind of threshold that would start to strain our ability to right. manage it. So we have a fairly high sustainable growth rate, but it's still a very useful concept. And I, and I particularly just appreciate 
the, the, the reminder, you know, which is really important to me, you know, it's just that understanding your people, understanding what motivates them, making sure they're trained, making sure you provide them the resources to grow and thrive. And so that's... Yeah, so the, the only... Con um, working capital or finances aren't the only constraint to growth. Right. It could also be um, your personnel, your training, your physical location. You know, it, 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 there's a number of different constraints, and money's not the only one. Mm -hmm. It could be um, personnel is the other constraint, is I just can't get enough people in. Um, and, uh, and and that's I think that's been uh, a common problem recently for a lot of people, right. is just we can't find people. Rest, restaurant industry. All, all sorts all of them, over, yeah. yeah. Just, uh, you see just about going down the street, you see signs all over, now hiring. And um, so uh, that's going to affect your ability to grow. And then when you do get the people here, what, what's it going to take to train them? How much of your time is going to take to train them? And so you, the time you have available is going to be one of the constraints, too. Hmm. So. Yeah, makes sense. Great. Um, well, yeah, we can go ahead and wrap it up. And uh, I, I think we've, we've been fairly, fairly focused in terms of in terms of the overall challenge that we're trying to address, I think it would be helpful to take away a specific thing. Um, love to hear one specific thing for for each of you that you think stands out as the most valuable kind of takeaway from our conversation here. I could go first. I think for me, uh, I I love the the reminder that enjoying what you have right now, and and I think you talked about it not just in the sense of yeah, obviously it's good to be grateful for what you have, for what you've been given, um, but also enjoying the actual product and service in the sense of fine-tuning it and, and growing what you have instead of looking outward, growing inward in a sense and developing what you have inwardly and fine-tuning so that you can then develop a little bit of that, that surplus and that capital that you have to then reinvest and grow outwardly a little bit. That's been a helpful reminder for me. Dad, thoughts? Please. Yeah, to me it's it's just the, the you know, just the reminder of the difference between um, doing something and then managing, you know, other people doing that same mm -hmm. thing. Yeah, because it's they're very different skills and um, yeah. And it's easy for me. I you know, in our in our business we have a lot of what they call producing managers, right? You have producing managers. that's you know, basically what I would be. I'm the owner. Um, but it's a very small company and I'm essentially a producing manager. And it's very easy for me to do the producing part and, and to actually want to spend time on the producing part because that's where the money is, right? You, you just go, oh, there, there's, that's, when I'm, that's how I'm earning my living is by producing. That's where the immediate yeah, money is. That, it's that's a lot right. quicker return for you to invest that, in that right. than you to invest it's in more other direct. loan officers. And, uh, but, but so much more important to also just obviously make sure the people, you, know, you understand what motivates them, you understand you know, how to make them, you know, uh, make your company a place that they enjoy being at and, and do your best to, to make sure that they're fulfilled in doing those things. Yeah, I think that uh, if somebody's got the skill skills for managing money and managing people. They can go just about anywhere. And um, it's not just about more revenue. It, it, if you're gonna be a business owner, if you're gonna move into that sales management position or you're gonna be in this ownership position, mm -hmm. um, being able to get, to achieve your goals through these people mm -hmm. is gonna be a longer term revenue generator and exponential generator than if you're just the one that's doing all the production. Right. Great. 
leverage. Great. And uh, talk to your talk to your accountant about uh, how fast you can grow your business if you if you get the numbers. If you yeah, those those numbers are there are some powerful numbers. Awesome to look at. Yeah. Great. Cool. Thank you both. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks, Biggs. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for listening this week to the Dirty Troughs podcast. We'll be posting these on a weekly basis on Wednesdays to YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Uh, so we'll see you next week.